0: Today's going to be a little different than what we typically do, and just to to catch you up, so last, we typically are going through, we'll take a passage of scripture, and we'll expound it, we'll explain it, we'll we'll say this is what it means, and here's what it meant for them uh, in this time period, and to make sure we understand it well, and then we apply it to our lives today to understand what does God's word have for us uh, today. Today's going to be a little different in that uh, we're not going to take a single passage of scripture, we're going to be looking at these six core values uh... that we desire to be true of us as a church as a uh... church family and uh... so that's what we're gonna be doing so uh... just to give you a scope of how things have been going though last year in the spring we started the book of ephesians and then we got to as far as ephesians four six and we stopped right there and then in the summer we've been working through the psalms all summer last week we we were in the gospel john just for one week due to poor planning on my part There was a big gap there so we got to do something different uh, and now we're doing this core values, and the next week we're going to pick back up in Ephesians, starting in chapter 4, verse 7, uh, and we're going to work through that this, this fall. So just to give you a, kind of a, your scope and sequence, is that what you call it in the academic world? Um, so <clears throat> anyway, this today, this core values, it is, uh, uh, some of you might be thinking, you know, I, I think I've heard this before, don't we do this every year? Yes, we do. That is exactly what it is. And I am so glad that you remember that because uh, some of you are probably thinking, really, we do every single year? Um, and that's more to the point here. Uh, we tend to be really forgetful people and we need these regular reminders uh, and, you know, to understand where it is we are seeking to go as a church, who we are desiring to be as a church. Uh, and I say that I don't just mean church leadership, I mean us as a, a whole congregation, where it is we are de- desiring to go. And so. Um, you know, every once in a while, Laura and I will be in the car driving somewhere, and uh, I'll, I'll just turn off somewhere, going somewhere really familiar, but not where I'm supposed to be going. Uh, and Laura will ask that really loaded question, you know, the, where are you going? And, and my response more often than I'd like to admit is, I, I have no idea, I don't know, where am I supposed to be going? Uh, you know, because I completely forgot uh and and that's the point you know is to kind of refresh our minds with with what it is we hope to be and uh for others of you this will be the first time you've ever heard it uh you're new here uh you're coming in here and and so uh we want to do this every year we do it at the beginning of the year on purpose because we want to encourage us to be pursuing this right from the start of this as the the school year kind of begins for everyone uh and and so that being said i'll tell you this uh, our first uh worship service was on October sixth, two 2013, just to give you a little perspective of the age of this congregation, uh, and at that time we began with a, a nine-sermon series on these six core values, uh, and, and I'm telling you that because we actually got to get into that and, and to expound it much further to explain here's where these, these values are grounded in Scripture, uh, and, and so today there's going to be a little bit more of a, a summary as we move through these six Core values a little more quickly, but if you want to learn more about them, the sermons are online. You can go listen to them. Uh, The transcripts are there too, if you prefer to read. So uh, they're there. So, like I said, today's a little different, uh, but we don't have a central text. uh, But we always begin the service by reading from God's Word, and we're going to be reading this this morning from Mark chapter four, verse twenty-six and twenty-nine, and we'll we will hit on it later in the sermon. But uh, this has been the theme verse. Uh, from day one, when we began as a church, this has been the, the one we go back to over and over again as a way of reminding us that uh, God is the great savior of souls. Uh, so if you will, Mark chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus himself is speaking here, and he's telling this story about a farmer, uh, fits here, right? We're an agricultural area. Uh, a farmer who has this really odd way of cultivating his crops, uh, and here's what, Mark, what he says here in Mark four twenty-six. The grass withers, the flower fades. Let's pray. Father, we can love each other if you have loved us first. And what we see throughout your word is that you have indeed loved your people, your church, so much so that we are called the bride of Christ, your bride. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us a mission and a role in your work of redemptive history as we proclaim the news that you set captives free. As we look at these six core values, I ask that you you give us collectively as a covenant community a a vision for for what it means to live with the simple goal goal of uh, seeing your gospel change our lives and seeing your gospel impact Manhattan and Fort Riley and K-State and everywhere in between. Uh, Lord, we, we ask that everyone we come in contact with would, would be able to, to see and hear this. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. So like I said, Mark 4.26 is a theme verse for us. It's, it's also one of the uh, places that we see in God's word, the first of our core values. We, we list this as being dependent upon the ordinary means of grace. Uh, that might not be a familiar term for you. The, the term means, though, uh, and, and as part of that means of grace, the term means mean, is the, the action or, or the system by which a result is brought about. You see, uh, just as God has designed that a plant will grow with water and with sunlight, so God has ordained that men and women's souls are, are rescued, they are discipled, they are nourished and restored through simple God-ordained means. Uh, Ligan Duncan, a pastor, explains the ordinary means as um, The means to get us to God To get us into fellowship with God To get us a taste of the Lord To get us the experience of God And these means are, are called ordinary uh, Not because they're without power Not because they, they lack extraordinary results in, in the hearts of people But because they are the way that God ordinarily works to transform His people there's three means of grace, which we see in Scripture, uh, the ways that God grows us here. We see it as uh, the Word of God, the sacraments of, of baptism and the Lord's Supper, uh, and prayer. Those three things are the means of grace. And so, by making a commitment to the means of grace, the ordinary means of grace as a church, we're saying that we're going to avoid putting our hope in marketing strategies. Uh, avoid putting our hope in trendy movements or uh, the exhaustive hype as as a plan for spiritual maturity. And we're going to avoid those because it's a trusting instead uh, the way that God has ordained uh, as the means of spiritual growth. We're looking to God to do it in the way that he's given. And so um, we seek to be a church, and this is the way we, you know, it's one of those carefully scriptured things that I couldn't quite get right, but uh, a a church who is scripture-saturated, sacrament-serving, and, and prayer-soaked. And I realize the prayer should probably have a P word with it, so if you've got one, let me know. Um, but that's our desire, to be scripture-saturated, sacrament-serving, and prayer-soaked. Uh, and I hope you see that. I hope you look at our liturgy today and, and you see that in the order of, of our worship. I hope that uh, you're developing this in your lives as you, as you go throughout the week. And and I I tell you this, you know, we make this kind of commitment because if you see us getting away from these three simple things, the word, the sacrament, and and prayer, please come, point it out to us, correct us if we need that. Uh, That's part of the the commitment that gives you some accountability in that regard. So then our our second core value, I told you we're going to move through these pretty quick, uh, is living in covenant community, right? How many of you have never heard that phrase before? You're not going to raise your hand. Don't worry about it. Uh, I asked though, because isn't it like it kind of sounds like a cult thing at first, if we're honest. That was, what was my first thought. When you hear this "Oh, covenant community or covenant family, it sounds really weird. You know, the first time I thought of it, I, uh, I you know, it just seemed really weird to me. And, and the reason was I kind of had treated um, church, particularly in my college years, like like a house without a family, in the sense of I'm not really involved with anything there. I just kind of go there for an event, which was the worship service, and then I'd leave, and that was my entire environment, like involvement with the church. Uh, I was just used to the being the place you'd go, right? And you listen to the sermon, and you walk out, and you critique it for about two minutes, and and then you go on with your life. And 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 you know, I I wanted to see things change. I kind of dreamed of community, but didn't really experience in church. Um, and, and I'll say this, there was a, a woman in the church that Laura and I were at uh, who out of nowhere one day asked, um, can I watch your infant son so the two of you can go on a date together? Uh, we, we hadn't asked her to do that. Uh, and, and so Laura and I, you know, our spidey senses went off. We have those. Uh, but our spidey senses went off and, and kind of thinking, what's, what's the catch here? What, what does she want from us, you know? That's the kind of questioning heart we, we came into this with. You know, what, what are we going to owe her for this kindness? Does she have like 40 kids we have to watch next week for her? Uh, something of that nature. That's just the, the distrusting nature of us. And we even awkwardly asked her, you know, but, but why would you want to do that? Um, and, and she re- replied with this, this tone of, like, what are you, stupid? Um, <clears throat> yeah, she's really kind, right? Um, and, and she said, uh, that's covenant family. And that phrase, uh, that's covenant family. You know, at that moment, I, I realized that this might be more than just words on a piece of paper that I was seeing, more than just some, some general idea, to, you know, a perfect Garden of Eden type world that we might live in. Uh, and so when we say that we seek to be covenant community, we're saying that we are committed, absolutely committed to the spiritual growth, to the, the mental health, to the physical needs, and, and just the general well-being of each other you know, united together as family by virtue of our being, united together with Jesus Christ through faith. And so then the, the scriptures, they tell us that there are things that, that we should do for each other because we are fellow partakers of, of God's covenant of grace. And the first of those, uh, and the foundational one, is that we love each other, right? Uh, we desire to, to be a church church that is known for our love for one another, like we see in Galatians 6.10, in that famous verse, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith, right? And, and so then in, in John 13.35, Jesus is speaking there, and he says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another, which is is why Joe Rigney pointed out in a recent book of his I read, Things of Earth, he says, the love, care, and provision of Christians for other Christians is a powerful apologetic and testimony to the reality of the gospel. So so as you're thinking about how to start fostering this this kind of community, let me encourage you to to ask questions that are aimed at being part of the solution. Uh, Questions like, "How, how am I loving my brother's and sisters in this covenant community right ask that of your of yourself so that so you know because and i say this because we are much more prone to ask questions like when are the smiths going to invite us for a meal i saw them invite them for a meal uh or you know when's karen going to take me out to arrow for one of those really nice cups of coffee um you know that's kind of where our our hearts tend to go you know, I tell you the story about watching kids, and some of you are thinking, when's someone going to call me and watch my kids? I want to go out with my wife or husband for a date. Uh, and, and so there's this question, you know, instead start asking, you know, how, am I, how am I giving to their need? How am I being gracious to their situation? You know, if it's coffee you desire, by all means, invite someone out for coffee. Voila, solution, right? Now you're part of it. Uh, and I give you this warning because, you know, you need to understand that, that you are this community, it's not just something that's provided for you like a service, right? You're part of this community. You make it this way. And so you, you look for ways that we can, we can actively love each other and actively serve each other in this covenant family, this covenant community. Um, and that means open your eyes. Like you've got to get to know people if you're going to do this. If, if someone's facing a, a tough time, think about it. You, know, you, you might be able to carry a little bit of the weight for them. You can see that physically, right? You see someone with 15 books. You could carry five of them for a little while. Walk them to their door. Um, that's the physical idea. That's just an illustration. Uh, but if you really see it, by all means, do that. Uh, you know, as someone having a, a rough time, don't be afraid to, to, you know, if you're having a rough time, don't be afraid to ask someone for help, other uh, also. In um, short, sure, just be a part of what makes this family great. Now, I'll, I'll tell you that I, I think you're doing an amazing job. Uh, I get to hear feedback that you usually don't ever get to, to hear. Uh, and, and more often than, mo- than than you'd think, you know, what I hear is is just how welcoming you are to new people that come in. People walk in this building and they, they feel welcomed by somebody. Um, I, I hear about how strong fellowship is even outside of the the these rings, uh, outside of the building. And I remember once uh, a woman telling me, uh, kind of quite surprised, and her phrase was, "You can tell you actually like each other." I kind of assumed that was just the, what church should be. Um, but you can tell you actually like each other. Uh, and I hope we do. I hope that never ever changes. And so, uh, you know, if you're ever doing something, anything at all, and you want to invite others, by all means, send out a group text, send out an email, get on the, we have a Facebook group. Not everyone's on Facebook, so don't depend on that too much. But, uh, you know, get the information out there. We don't have a bat signal. I looked into it once, they're very expensive. and um, I don't know how accurate it'd be, but uh, we don't have one, we do have a directory. Uh, we do have a weekly email, and we will, we will share information, you know, anything we can do to help foster this, community, this fellowship together, we will, we will do, so don't be afraid to ask. Uh, I, I guess, in, in short, be actively appreciative of those in this, this covenant family that God has gifted you with. Um, enjoy it. Third core value is participating in worship, and, and Sabbath worship is the center of what we do here. We're not, uh, I will say that unapologetic, that is the center of what we do. Uh, from time to time, we have book studies, we have small groups, we love getting together for fellowship events. Um, but gathering with the people of God and worshiping the person of God on Sunday mornings is, is the highlight, it is our main thing. And I tell you this for two reasons. One is that since we have other ministries going on during the week and other times, it's easy for you to feel the weight that you were supposed to be at everything. And then you're thinking about the things you're not at and it just, you just feel guilty. We don't want you to do that. Let me make this absolutely clear so you're not wondering this at any point. You are not expected to be at everything. Okay, so don't carry that guilt of, I'm not there, I should be there. Um, nobody is keeping holy points. So you're not going to lose any if you don't partake in something. If you find out anyone's keeping holy points, let me know so I can see what my score is. Um, but we're not keeping them. Uh, so this, this fall, there is going to be a women's Bible study on Monday evenings. Uh, this sa- uh, Saturday mornings, there's a men's discussion group that meets once a month. There's a, a monthly prayer meeting that meets in my, uh, I don't even know what you call it, the room that has a table in the house that you eat at. Uh, it's carpeted, so I'm not really sure what to call it. Uh, that room. Uh, there are small groups. We call them parish groups. If you want to know why, it's all explained on the website. Uh, but there's food and there's discipleship and God's Word. There's fellowship there. One of those uh, meets at the Shanahans home on Sundays. Uh, it'll be about every other Sunday this fall. Uh, the other meets in the Durrett's home on Thursday evenings at 6 o'clock. And uh, they last about two hours, but you get food and you get great fellowship and prayer and the time in the Word. So uh, we'll do that. We've got uh, Children's Sunday School. We do it for eight weeks in the sp- fall and eight weeks in the in the spring. It's going to begin on October 1st this year, uh, and there are all great things. You know, we we believe these things are worth doing, but if they don't fit into your schedule, it's okay not to participate. Right? Don't don't carry a weight that nobody's asking you to carry. Uh, and the second reason I tell you. Uh, that corporate worship is, is so important to us is, is that you understand that, that God has called his redeemed people, his church, his bride, to, to gather together and worship him. And, and so we desire for you to make a priority for that in your life. Um, we, we understand that, that you travel, that uh, people get sick, and if you're throwing up, we don't want you here just for that day. Um, Roads get icy. There are all sorts of reasons that you might uh, miss. And so it's not one of those keeping up with you things. But uh, the point is, don't pencil in Sunday worship. Like, maybe we'll go if we're not really bored, you know, or if we are really bored. But, you know, write it on your calendar in permanent marker. Or if you don't use paper, make it a reoccurring event in your, your calendar app. And, you know, plan to be here. Plan to be with the people of God on Sunday mornings worshiping him. Plan to to come and sing to God. Plan to confess your sins together and individually. Plan to be reminded of the grace that we have in Christ. Plan to look your fellow Christians in the eyes and and see them each week. Plan to to welcome new people and to, to show hospitality. Plan to come to this Lord's Supper every week and to hear the gospel week after week because week after week we need to be reminded of it. Week after week, we need to hear of God's love for us and God's mercy to us. And so plan to attend it. Uh, And not just attend, but actually participate. Every once in a while, there's kind of these questions of, you know, what's it mean to participate in worship? And I'll tell you that our entire service has been built around...